Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. You may be seated, whether you're at home or here in the room, uh, you may be seated as we come around God's Word this morning. And I just, if I can grab the pulpit, guys, that'd be fantastic. Um, who's had a good week? If you're, if you're on the chat, uh, it's a little awkward if you yell out what's happening in your week, but if you're in the chat, what's been the best part of your week this week, I wonder? Um, I wonder if you can think of a best part of the week for you. Um, I love asking that question. I was asking people before church this morning, it's like, what's been the best part of your week? Um, fantastic. Uh, through the week, we had the, the privilege of, of celebrating the life of Beryl. Uh, on Thursday, Thursday afternoon, sorry, we, we gathered together to celebrate Beryl, and it's great to have Charlie with us here this morning. And actually, you can see over there, we've got some flowers there that the family asked if we'd like to keep them here for this morning. Um, and hopefully, yeah, I think you can see him in the, in the screen there as well. Um, it was just a great time of celebrating this lady that had an amazing trust in God. And uh, just want to say thank you to the family for being able to be a part of that journey with them. And if you, if you missed the service, I want to encourage you to go back and you can check it out um, still anytime. And uh, really celebrate Beryl's life and remember uh, her her gift to us in all that she was here at CFC. And you know, Beryl did a lot of things. I was kind of blown away as we went through the service. I was like, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. For those of you who joined us last week, I wonder, how'd you go stopping this week? I wonder how you went stopping and just being still to allow God to speak to you. I wonder how you went. Maybe you want to put it in the comments as well. <laughs> God is speaking. God is always speaking. And we need to calm ourselves. We need to still ourselves, stop our own brain from constantly speaking and be still to let God speak. He speaks by his word. He speaks by his spirit. He speaks through others. Let's be ready to hear and listen to what his spirit is saying. In this series, as I've shared over the last few months, the, the thing that stirred in my heart is that we would see that we always have a choice. We always have a choice. How we respond, how we, how we react or how we don't react. Sometimes making a choice is really hard and we'd almost rather just not make a choice, but we always have a choice. Whether you've always done something and it's kind of just always been this way, you've done this job for 40 years or you've been in this situation and it's just always been like that, you still have a choice. It's a, and I want to make a conscious decision not just to do what I've always done, even if I continue to do what I've always done, but I want to choose to say, yes, Lord, I give this to you today. And I'm choosing to live my life for you today in this way. Sometimes I think, and I'm sure sometimes we all say, I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy to do this. But it's a choice. It's a choice to prioritize one thing over the other. It's always a choice. We always have a choice. This morning, the title of my message, here you go, write it down. 
stick it on the wall if you want to. Um, it was one of the most encouraging things ever when I uh, visited a family one day and saw that their kids had stuck up the, the title of one of my messages from a year before and it was still on the wall. I've got to say thank you guys, you know who you are. This morning the title of my message is I Choose to Trust. And as I'm saying that, I'm not going to trust that you're going to all go home and stick up a sign, just that's okay. But I choose to trust. How about we pray? Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are always speaking. I thank you, God, that you are with us always. God, I thank you that you are faithful, that you are trustworthy. And God, I pray that today that you would speak to us, that you would use my words to speak by your spirit into people's hearts and lives. I thank you, Lord, that you know every challenge, every situation, and every joy that is going on in people's lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing, that, God, you would bring, uh, Lord, just a real sense of, of, of clarity to the things that you are calling us to do as we trust you. Just thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you would know that I like riding bikes. Yeah? Hands up if you didn't know that. There's not one. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, Dave didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I like riding bikes. Uh, yesterday morning, Sally and I were out. We did 50Ks together with the... the I think we're allowed to do that, um, with the bunch on Saturday morning. And then yesterday afternoon, we were out in the bush, the boys and I were out on our bikes. Nathaniel got a birthday bike, we were out on the mountain bikes. And I love riding my bike, it's, it's great, it's, it's one of the places I be still. And uh, another time I was out on the bike, actually it's quite a few years ago, um, 2008, that's 13 years ago, um, I was out on the bike riding from Brisbane to Melbourne, um, as you do know, it was a, a fundraising ride for an uh, orphanage in uh, Uganda and uh, a mate of mine from Bible College was organising it and rang me and said, hey, you're a bike rider, can you come? And anyway, we were doing this bike ride from Brisbane to Melbourne. We had six days to ride it and uh, it was extraordinary. I felt like a true professional. That was the one week of my life where I just fully, they cooked for us, they, they picked our bikes up and anyway... Anyway, this particular day we're riding, if you, who's driven from Sydney to up to Newcastle or from Newcastle to Sydney? Uh, we're, we're, we're riding down from Newcastle into Sydney. And as I say down, it's down into Sydney. If you've driven it, the truck's going up out of there like in the little gear going, grrr, trying to get up the hill. And uh, we're riding down that hill and man, it was fun. <laughs> Um, one of the guys I was riding with actually went on, he was one of Australia's uh, top elite cyclists for a while. But we're cruising down this hill, just cruising, high 70s, low 80s, mid 80s, k's an hour. It's like, you know, the trucks are beside you, like, g'day. Five minutes later, oh, you're still there. Um, we're, we're hammering down this hill. But then there was two words that entered my brain on that day, on, in that moment, that messed with my head. There are two thoughts you don't want to have as you're cruising down a hill at 80 k's an hour on a bike. And those two words were, what if, and then fill in the blank, what if my front fork snapped off? What if my wheel suddenly jammed? What if a stick flew up and went into my spokes and I went over the handlebars? What if my frame cracked and in a moment I just ended up on the ground? What if, like this truck's right beside me, it wasn't a comfortable thought. And Rochelle, um, I don't have these thoughts often, don't worry. Um, but I had a choice in that moment. I had a choice. Do I 
have trust in my bike and just go, you know what, let's just put the pedal down and go for it? Or do I choose not to trust in that moment and kind of back off the pedals and kind of just ease off a little bit? Or if I was worried enough, I could even just stop and, and give my bike the once over and make sure things looked okay? I had a choice whether I would trust or not. And if I'm really honest, I had reason to doubt my bike in that moment because we didn't, had our, our very comfortable flight up to, to Brisbane while we had a couple of our, our team crew drive our bikes up to Brisbane. And they'd been in an accident. And the trailer had been hit by another car and there was some question marks as to was there any damage to the bike. So it was a valid question whether I should trust this bike. Now, praise God, it's still in good condition, and to that person who's now riding that bike, it's a great bike, don't have any fears. <laughs> Without a doubt, every single one of us has had moments, there have been people, there have been times when we have struggled to trust. Maybe you've struggled to trust God. Maybe there's a particular person where you've just said, you know what, I cannot trust that person anymore. Or maybe it's people in general. You're like, I just cannot trust people. You don't know what's happened to me. And I want to acknowledge today that we, and there may be never anyone who ever understands the pain that you have gone through. It may only ever be you and God who understands what you've been through. Quite likely it is. And there are times when we need to escape a situation. We need to escape someone because their trust, it would be unwise to trust that person. Just uh, recently on our trip around Australia, in a place not too far from here, although when I say not too far, think within a thousand kilometres, that's not too far, um, we were in a place and we'd actually been offered a house to stay and that was wonderful because it was cold and it was windy and it was rainy. We're like, thank you for the house. This is amazing. Anyway, we're staying in this house. There was no one else living there at the time, so it was okay. We weren't breaking COVID rules, just putting that out there. Um, anyway, the morning we're about to leave, I've gone out the front, I'm packing the van and uh, I've looked up and there's a man walking towards me down the street with a knife in his hand. And when I say with a knife in his hand, I don't mean he's just kind of carrying a knife. He had a knife in his hands. And I'm not going to repeat the words that he was saying. He was a very angry, angry man. Now, in that moment, I very quickly assessed the situation, try and work out what's going on, and I fairly quickly worked out, I think he's angry at someone else, not me. I think, oh, phew. I'm like, poor person, who is this? Um, and I just quietly sort of tried to subtly disappear without him looking at me and went in the front door and locked the door and got on the phone and rang triple O. And uh, to cut the story short, I was going to show a photo, but I thought, oh, that might be, might be needed for evidence maybe. Um, <laughs> with a short story, within about four or five minutes, there was three or four police cars and about ten guys were able to calm the situation down and... Uh, restrain this person and God help him whoever he is and what's going on in his life. Praise God for our police though. Sometimes trust should not be given. Sometimes we cannot trust and it would be unwise to trust a person coming at you with a knife who's yelling words that shouldn't be repeated. Have a listen to what it says in John chapter 2. Where's my Bible? There it is. John chapter 2 and verse 23. 
says this, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. Verse 24, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind is really like. You know, Jesus didn't trust the people. He knew the human heart. He knows the deceitfulness and the pride of man. He didn't trust them. And there are times when we need to not trust people. The passage we've looked at the last two weeks, Sam read it and two weeks ago, I read it last week from Jeremiah 17, talking about the, the deceitfulness of the human heart, that it is desperately wicked. If we go back a few verses before it, in verse, verse 5 in Jeremiah 17, it says, This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart of, is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. It says, cursed is the one who's, who trusts in man. If we shift our trust, if, if our trust turns from God to people, it is like a curse because we will be destroyed, we will be broken, we will be hurt. If, if we try and find our, our satisfaction, our pleasure, if we think people are our source, we are cursed because God is our source. He is our strength. He is our life. And if we try and find all the things that we need in this life from people, if we trust in people instead of God, we will be broken. We will be hurt again and again and again. Sadly, we all do it at times. But it says this, point number one, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And Mike shared about it around communion, about, about being people whose leaves never wither, even through the hard times, that we can trust in the Lord and know his strength. Amen. People will let us down. We will get hurt sometimes. But please, hear this, point number two, when life happens, press into God. When you get hurt, don't turn away from him. When you get hurt, when life happens, press into God. If we had the time... If we had the whole day, in fact, you're, you're only locked down at home pretty much. Let's just, let's just go a bit longer today. No, just kidding. <laughs> if we had the time, though, I'd love to go through the whole of David's life, King David, to look at his failures, to look at the times when he went through people attacking him, through his victories even, how he pressed into God in all that he went through. I love, love, love reading the Psalms. And just hearing David's heart as he goes through all these difficult, horrific, and also joyful things. And the way he presses into God. 
Have a listen to what it says in Psalm 118 and verse 8 and 9. Psalm of David, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, His love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. Is that you? Is that you he's talking about there? Let's go back one. Do you fear the Lord? His prayer for us is that we would say, His love endures forever. Verse 5. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord and He answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I love the translation that says, What can mere mortals do to me? They're just people. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. We don't trust solely in any person. We trust in God. He is our source. He is our strength. He is always faithful. You know, David's son Solomon put it this way in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I think we've got that there too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Let's choose to trust in God. So what about people? What about your friends? What about your family? Am I saying, you know what, you shouldn't trust anybody? Don't trust anyone? No, that's not what I'm saying. Of course not. But let's always make sure that our ultimate knowledge of who we are comes from God and not what people say. That our, our source is not what people do for us or how they make us feel, but our source is what God says we are, on who he says we are. That our strength comes from him. People will fail us, but God is always faithful. You know what, day by day we need to be so careful because we can get hurt, we can get cynical, we can get jaded, we can get bitter with the world. Let's be honest, stuff happens. And our society can be so untrusting, so cynical of everything and anything at times. Whoops. To be honest, I think it's why conspiracy theories and whatever conspiracy theory you might want to think about or go to, you can find people who will join you in that. Because people are so cynical and untrusting. They don't know the trustworthiness of God. They don't know the, the faithfulness of God that we have a solid rock on which we stand. And so many people will, will doubt everything that they're told because they've been hurt before. And sometimes it's, it's reasonable that people are hurt. But point number three, trust builds relationship. If we're suspicious, if we're offended, if we're hurting, it is so hard to let people in. We so quickly can build up walls and, and keep everyone out of what's really going on inside of us. And to be honest, that's why marriage can be so difficult at times. Marriage is wonderful. It is amazing. You get to share adventures together and it's wonderful. I love you, honey. 
But let's be honest, it can be hard at times. And then if you're in that stage of life where you're kind of, you're, you're not in courtship yet, maybe you're not uh, actually dating or anything like that at the moment, but you're kind of just trying to work out like, where are we at with each other right now? You know the, you know the moment. And you, you're kind of working out, well, I don't know, how far should I bring my walls down? Like if I go too far and I over-reveal my heart, is this person going to run away? You know, who, who remembers that awkwardness? Oh, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> it can be so hard to build relationship because we don't know where people's walls are at and how much they want to know us. And we, it's right that we take down the walls in differing levels. I, I'm not going to reveal my heart to you in the same way I reveal my heart to my wife. I'm not going to... We, we, there's an intimacy that comes as we expose our, our, the deepest parts of our heart. And it's vulnerable. And to build relationship, we need trust. And to be honest, I think if, if you read through the Psalms, trust must be earned. Trust must be built as we grow together. But in that place of marriage, in the, in the challenge of marriage is as we bring those walls down, and in every relationship, as we bring those walls down, it's easier to be hurt. The, the, the deepness of those hurts can be so much greater because the level of intimacy is so much greater. And, and marriage and, and relationship, it's a constant discovery of each other's heart and working out, oh, wow, when I say things like this, it really hurts you. Or when I'm like this, I'm discovering my heart responds in this way, and it's a continual process of pulling down the wall again, pulling down the wall again, because we cannot have relationship without trust, without pulling down those walls. Without trust, we're always going to be guarded. Without trust, we cannot be fully known. Think again of Adam and Eve in the garden. They took the fruit. Why? You might think, why did they have to eat that fruit? Why did they do it? Because they saw that it looked so good. You know, that's what temptation is. It's when something, something looks so good. Surely, God, this is going to make me happy. Surely, God, why, why wouldn't you want me to have this? God, you must want me to have this. God, I'm going to have this because I think this is good. And God's saying, no, no, it's not good for you. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't, don't take that. That's what temptation is. It's to trust in something above God. That's what sin is, is to trust in something above God to miss the mark, to trust in something that is not God. Has anyone ever ridden a backwards bike? Did you know backwards bikes existed? So in other words, you can, there's ones where you can pedal backwards to go forwards, um, and there's other ones where you, if you steer left, the bike goes right. Has anyone tried that? Anyone at home? Yep. So back when I was a, 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 an older teenager, I had enough time in my day to spend a whole day learning how to ride a backwards bike. And I succeeded. I can ride a backwards bike now. You turn left, it goes right. It feels so weird. But uh, so it, it, when you're learning to ride a backwards bike, you, 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 you know, when you start to fall on the bike, you turn and it kind of corrects you and you, you, you line up and you're good again. But you learn to ride a backwards bike by teaching your brain that even though I'm falling this way and I need to turn right, I think you have to turn the opposite way to go where you actually want to go. Am I making sense? 
sort of. <laughs> and I think our life and our trust in God can be like that sometimes. We're, we're in situations and we're thinking, oh, I'm so in this situation and I feel like I've just got to go that way. But God's saying, no, just trust me. And it might feel totally counterintuitive and he's saying, no, Andrew, trust me and go that way. And it's, it's a process of learning to teach ourselves to trust in God. When we feel like we've got to go that way, and God's saying, no, trust me, go this way. And as you ride a backwards bike, it's a continual wrestle to say, no, turn the opposite way do I think. No, not, not that way, this way. But God can teach us. After Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? He made coverings for them. And he made a plan, as it talks about in Romans 4, to, to cover our sin, to deal with our sin, to wash it away, trusting that we would put it on. He took the first step. He did it all for you and I. He gave his life on the cross in the hope that we would trust in him, that we would accept his gift and put it on. Not to put on a physical thing, but in our hearts, put on that trust in him. That we could be saved through faith in him. Have a listen too to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus is telling a story to the disciples about a man who uh, has a, a great debt. Actually, just take that down for a second because people will read it. Um, uh, he has a debt. He is owing millions of dollars to the king. And... He comes before the king. The king says, you're going to pay every last cent before I let you go. And he pleads for forgiveness and he forgives the million dollar debt that this man owes. But then this man who owed this great debt, who's been forgiven, goes out and he finds a servant that owed him a thousand dollars or thereabouts. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make you pay every single penny of this thousand dollars. And it says the people around him get upset. And we'll read now from verse 31 of Matthew chapter 18. It says, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you belong to me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. You know, I believe unforgiveness is to trust in someone over God. If you hurt me and I say, I can't move on until you do this for me, I'm putting my trust in that person above God. We cannot trust in people above God. We must forgive and trust in the righteous judge. God has offered us forgiveness and we must entrust others to let them be judged before God and offer forgiveness also. Romans 10.13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we look to him, he will lift us up. Now we are called to be his followers, to follow him. And my fourth and final point, let's take a step of faith. 
as we live, if we are, if we are claiming to be Christians, if we are followers of Jesus who have put our faith in him, if he is our Lord and Saviour, then we're called to live for his glory. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. And we are called to forgive, to offer forgiveness, to no longer hold grudges, to not, not, not gossip about someone who's hurt us, not to pay back evil for evil, but to offer forgiveness and love to every single person. You know, trust builds relationships, but forgiveness builds trust. You may work with someone, you may do something somewhere with people and someone's hurt you, but if, if you offer forgiveness, that person begins to see your heart. They begin to see that, wow, you actually live what you talk about. And that forgiveness builds trust for them to hear the gospel through you. We're called to be the light of the world. Now, I, I, I read that scripture and I think, God, that's, that's crazy. That's messed up. You're the light of the world. How can we, little lumps of rock, people so flawed and broken as we are, how can we be your light? But God is faithful and he can use you and he can use me. You know, if I was Jesus, I would have only had 11 disciples. You know, that Judas guy, God, I think we'll just go for 11. I don't know about you. Anyone with me on the 11? Yeah. You know, sometimes trusting God's plans is painful. Sometimes trusting God's plan is hard. But you know what? Jesus did it for us. He endured the cross. He went through it all. He was beaten and mocked and spat on, and he endured it all because he had trust in the Father's plan. And now he calls us to trust in him, to trust him and follow him, to lay down our life that he might be glorified. I just want to read two last passages. I'll ask the band if they could come. First from Romans chapter 12. It's a verse that many of you will know really well already, but Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Actually, um, oh, that, yeah, that's all right. That's up there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We need to be renewed day by day. And our minds need to be transformed day by day. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, I think we read up to verse 13 last week. So verse 14 today, work at living... Uh, that's a different, I'll read that one. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misuses the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could not bring about 
He could, sorry, I'll read that again. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. I just want to skip down to verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less we, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more that I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God is faithful. Our God is the righteous judge. Our God is a creator of all things. He knows all things. And He says, will you trust me? Will you come to me? Will you come to me and listen? Will you come to me and be transformed? Will you take a step of faith and say, I choose to trust in you? Let's pray together right now. Thank you, Lord. God, I just want to pray today for anyone who's joining us wherever they are today, whether they're here in the room or joining us online. For anyone today, Lord, who has never fully surrendered their life to you. For anyone who has had trust in people above their trust in you. And God, I want to confess there's moments when we all slip back into that God, there's times even this week when I've struggled to not try and find what we need from people instead of from you. God, I just pray today, forgive us, Lord, for the things that we have done. If that's you today, if you've never surrendered your life, just just begin to say, God, please forgive me. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I'm sorry for looking to other people, other things to find my joy, my peace, my pleasure. God, I pray today that even as we turn our hearts to you, as we look to you, as we trust in you, that you would lift us up. I thank you, Lord, that your word says in Psalm 34, those who look to you for help will be radiant with joy, that no shadow of shame will darken their faces. And I pray, Lord, that there would be a a rising up in our heart of joy because you are our strength, you are our source, you are our Saviour. And I pray, Lord, that if any of us have allowed any, any jaded, bitter, twisted feelings to enter into our life, Lord, we just ask that you would tear down those things right now. Lord, let our, the, the, the joy of our salvation return today, Lord. For anyone who's lost that joy of salvation, Lord, I just pray that it would come back into their life this week as we daily look to you. As we come to you, as Romans 12 says, and let our minds be transformed, be renewed. I just thank you, Lord, that you are always faithful. Lord, for anyone who's been just so deeply hurt, I just pray today that you would bring healing. I just pray that you would just mend broken hearts today. I just thank you, Lord, that you can 
you can work in those situations that not another single soul on this earth knows about. Just pray, Lord, that you would have your way in us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I choose to trust. You might be thinking, Andrew, what did you do on that bike that day? I said, let's go for it. Let's hammer it down this hill flat out. You know what, the next day, we got to ride to Wollongong. And if you've ever been down the escarpment, man, going to Sydney was just a warm-up. And I pray that your life today will just be a warm-up for tomorrow. And the next day will just be a warm-up for the day after that. That we would grow as disciples of Jesus Christ to live for His glory. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to close as we sing this song together now. Thanks, guys.